Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today is April 1st of 2021. Well, finally, a day has gone as I predicted. It was a fairly slow day. There were two events um, in two royal households. So, very calm Monday, Thursday. Um, And so here is our game plan. I will go through the events. I have five more monarchies that I don't talk about prepped and ready to go. Here's the thing. I am super sick today. Um, I don't know what happened. I have just been really under the weather all day. Um, So we are just going to go through the five that I have already prepped. We're going to do hopefully whatever this is passes today. And I will be back to normal tomorrow. And we'll do five more. We'll have like a special Saturday episode And then um, we'll still record for the Vatican on Sunday. So actually, I think tomorrow there will probably be like six or seven monarchies um, left that I still have to talk about. Um, So we'll we'll do that. Um, So that is the game plan. I apologize that I don't have more today. Today is probably going to be like a 20-minute episode. Um, but what I'm trying to do is cover as many events as I can, um, before we kind of take an Easter break. Um, not that I am taking an Easter break. I don't celebrate Easter, but like before, um, we go too many days. So then it's like weird to talk about, um, Thursday events in a week, essentially. So we're going to, um, go through all of that now. So we are going to start with the British Royal family today. mentioned in yesterday's episode that there could be some things going on today from the British royal family in relation to Monday Thursday. I wasn't sure if they would um, happen or not because of um, COVID and all of that. Um, So every year, this is like an annual tradition in the, wow, um, in the Church of England. And um, since Queen Elizabeth became monarch 60, 69 years ago, um, it has been her personally who does this. So she spends, um, typically there's a ceremony on Monday, Thursday, um, and she gives out Monday gifts, um, which are 
gold coins. Um, so there's like a commemorative, um, I think it's a commemorative, come on, we'll get there or not, uh, a five pound coin and then a five or a 50 cent something, um, 50 pence. It's not 50 cents. Um, and so every Monday, Thursday, the queen distributes these specially minted coins that come in these cute little red and white, um, purses to pensioners. So these are people who have, um, are retired and she will typically send them out. Um, there will be, or give them out, um, however many for each year she lived. So this year, 95, um, 95 women and 95 men received these gifts. Um, and that is because in a couple of weeks, Queen, in like 20 days, Queen Elizabeth is turning 95. So it always kind of corresponds with her birthday because her birthday is around Easter time. Um, since Easter is a movable day. Um, so along with them went the, um, went a letter as well where Queen Elizabeth starts by saying, I am delighted to send you the Monday gift, which I hope you will have, you will accept as an expression of my personal thanks to you for all that you have done to enrich the life of our community. Um, and then she talks about the Monday Thursday story. Um, And so basically the point of it is for someone of immense wealth and importance to take on a servitude role. Um, and so that is what the letter talks about. Um, and then she also talks about how um, she and the pensioners are, I'm sure, sad about the present circumstances being covid um, that the services cannot take place in person. Um, and then she wishes them a happy Easter. So it's lovely. It's a lovely tradition. Um, this is, Easter is something that the British royal family takes pretty seriously, um, especially Queen Elizabeth. She is, we talked about this, she is the um, head of the Church of England and she herself is like believed to be incredibly faithful. Um, like her faith is incredibly important to her and how she lives her life. Um, so this is something that is really important. Typically the British Royal family will all go to Windsor for Easter, um, and attend Easter services at Windsor. Um, it's a pretty traditional time for them. So that was what was going on in the British Royal family not as exciting as it could be because we live in a world of COVID. Um, but hopefully next year we'll be able to see this in person because I don't know, maybe COVID will end. I don't know. Um, but anyway, that's what was going on in the UK. So now we are going to head over to the Netherlands. <laughs>
Netherlands today, there was just one event, um, which was scheduled last night. So I knew it was going to happen, which thank goodness. Um, so today Queen Maxima took part in a working visit to, this is all in Dutch. Uh, Google Translate is just not working. Um, sorry, today is a day I did not prepare ahead of time. And so I'm going straight to the sources, which is fine. Um, so I think the organization is called Classmates, um, which is an initiative of an organization that does online language coaching. Um, so volunteers practice the Dutch language with newcomers um, and share like tips and tricks on how to be um, a more effective speaker in Dutch. Um, it looks like there was, there have been now 2000 like partnerships um, between student and mentor that have participated in the project. So that was the importance of the working visit. Um, and then Maxima was also able to speak with um, coordinators of the organization and hear a bunch of different stories. Um, this also works with companies that are offering employees the opportunity um, to chat with like newcomers of the office um, during working hours. So basically it's just a language partnership um, to increase um, learning of the Dutch language. So um, it looks like it was founded in March 2020 um, because the daily talking uh, contacts were lost due to COVID. So they reformatted and created this. Um, so they meet once a week um, and practice Dutch. I don't know. I just think like that's really cool. Um, this is something that I look into for when I'm learning Spanish. So I am really confident in reading and writing um, and listening, but not so much in my speaking because I'm not, I don't get to speak it very often. <laughs> so I'm to the point in my like Spanish education where I want to start practicing. So organizations like this are really, really important. Um, especially for people who are coming to the Netherlands, um, it's pretty important wherever you travel, like wherever you are moving to, um, it's really important to like learn the language so you can communicate um, on a better level because there's always something lost in translation. Like I know if I ever move to Spain, which I'll be completely honest, is like a goal. Um, I will never, not never, but I will not start being able to communicate super effectively because Spanish is not my first language um, and it's not something I'm super fluent in yet. Like, I always get bummed out that I don't understand like idioms and things like that in Spanish just because they're not American idioms. So, I don't know, that's 
it's super important though in general that you don't expect everyone to conform to your language um, even if you do speak English like yes English is super common but you don't live in a country where English is the first language so it's important to learn that language there so those were our two events of the day um, I told you guys it was probably gonna be really low really slow this week or this this day um, I also said this week and it just really hasn't been so that's okay um, it's been an adventure and so we are now gonna jump in and talk about um, the next five monarchies that I have prepared that I don't talk about on this podcast Like I said, we are going to be talking about five more royal families that I don't talk about on this podcast. We are finally to a point where the days were slow enough that we can absolutely talk about these. So we are going to jump right in. I think, yes, uh, the last time we did this, we left off with Lesotho. So today we are jumping in with the Principality of Liechtenstein. This is a small principality located um, between Switzerland and Austria, where the common language is German. Um, the country is a semi-constitutional monarchy, which means that the Prince of Liechtenstein has more power than the average monarch. So he's able to partake in the day-to-day -day governing of the country or principality. It is a country, but it's a principality. Um, so, it is a hereditary monarchy, and there is, they, um, their monarch is called the Prince of Liechtenstein. However, the current Prince of Liechtenstein, Hans Adam II, has actually um, allowed his son uh, to be acting as regent for... 17 years almost um so since 2004 so yeah that's 17 years um i couldn't figure out this isn't like a health reason it literally just seems like maybe hans adam didn't want the job and so his son has been doing it i'm not really sure um what's going on there like i don't know i honestly looked into this a lot because i was really confused as to why um but they're incredibly rich in terms of like they're worth billions of dollars these this royal family it's incredible um yeah it's Liechtenstein is an interesting one um in that it it's i don't know it's just a little bit of an oddity in the european monarchies Okay, so that was Liechtenstein, and now uh, we'll move on to Luxembourg. So Luxembourg is a, a small country in Europe. It's between Belgium, France, and Germany. Technically, this is considered a Grand Duchy, which means long, long ago, it was a, a duchy that was part of a, a separate kingdom. I think it was part of France. Um... And then when it became independent, it stayed considered a grand duchy with a grand duke being the monarch. Um, 
So Grant, the Grand Duke of Luxembourg is currently Henri, um, and he has a um, symbol of unity role, so he is not part of the day-to-day governing. Um, the monarchy is hereditary. There is a hereditary Grand Duke, um, and then the hereditary Grand Duke and his wife have a baby who is the hardest working royal baby ever. Um, his name is Prince Charles, and he is less than a year old and has probably had more engagements than, like, any other royal child ever. Um, I think the only ones at this point who have more on him are, like, Leonor and Sophia from Spain. Um, because he has so many, so many events. Um, it's so cute. He's a very cute little baby. Um, so he is the hardest working European royal baby ever. Um, this country is actually one, so I... When I was kind of making my list, um, Luxembourg and Monaco were both countries that I talked about um, putting into this podcast, but I never did. I decided to make my cutoff at seven, not because at the time I was worried about like a timing thing. I really wasn't. Um, my first couple, ep- my first like month of episodes were 15 minutes or so and I really came into it when like COVID hit um so it wasn't a time thing as much as a sort of an interest but also a long-term thing um I wasn't sure long-term if this was going to be if I wanted to talk about Luxembourg and Monaco every day um and I don't I, I will be honest, like, I, I don't. That's not a thing that I wanted to do. Um, so I don't. But they were definitely two that made the cut because they are what I would consider more in line with this, like, European monarchy click. But I just cut it off at, like, European monarchies that have heads of states that are kings and or queens as the head of state, not, like, grand dukes or serene princes or anything like that. So, that's why I didn't talk about them. But I do follow Luxembourg fairly closely, mostly because they have an adorable baby who I will watch because he's just really cute. Um, Okay, so that is Luxembourg. And now we are going to move on to Malaysia. Malaysia is an island country in the southeast part of Asia. Um, So they have a really interesting structure for their monarchy. Um, it's a five-year elected term, so it's similar in that it's an elected monarchy to Cambodia. However, this one is term, not term limited, but like they have a five-year term and they come from a group of nine rulers. So like there is a council of nine, um, and the king is one of those nine. And so it alternates between them. Um, it's really interesting. So the current king is Abdullah and he was installed in 2019. Um, and he is the head of state with a parliament doing most of the governing. He has two wives and nine children. And I I know I don't talk about like 
you know, for example, in Luxembourg, like, I didn't talk about too much of their family. I did talk about some of it, but, like, I don't know, the two wives culture, I, I just feel like it needs to be pointed out, so I talk about it. I don't know. Um, so that is Malaysia, and now we are going to move on to Monaco. Monaco for Americans is kind of one of those um, esteemed royal families that a lot of people know about because a long time ago, a American actress became the Serene Princess of Monaco when she married the head of state of Monaco. Um, so this is Princess Grace uh, or Grace Kelly. And so this is like a country that Americans follow a lot. I personally don't. Um, I think that's like a generational thing. Um, if you're following royals, like I got interested, invested in the same way like so many others did with Will and Kate's wedding 10 years ago. Um, but I think like for people who are older than me or older than my mom who would have gotten involved, like became kind of interested in royals because of Charles and Diana's wedding, um, you know, like my grandma's generation kind of watched Grace Kelly become part of this royal family and like know her children's names and things along those lines. Um, I just really don't follow them. I watched their royal wedding in 2011, I think. I think it was in the summer. So I think they've been married for almost 10 years too. Um, so the Principality of Monaco is a micro state on the French Riviera. So it's bordered almost entirely by France. And then there's a, the Mediterranean Sea is like their Southern border. So it's a very small micro state. There are, um, less than 40,000 residents and only like 7,000 of those are naturalized, like born in Monaco residents, um, or citizens. Uh, so the government is a unitary constitutional monarchy, which means that the sovereign prince, Prince Albert II, um, has an active role in the day-to-day -day politics and the day-to-day, -day, um, governing and judicial roles. Um, and it is a hereditary government with a male primogeniture, which means that, um, and this is a very real thing. So in Prince Albert's case, he has twins. His daughter is older by, I don't know, less than 30 minutes, but still she was born first. However, his son is the crown prince, um, because they have male preference in their, monarchy, which is fine. It's super outdated and I hate it, but I don't know. I, there's also part of me that's like, not that I like it. I don't, but part of a monarchy is to be outdated, but maybe not in Monaco. <laughs> that's a very modern free living situation. I don't, I don't know. Um, so that is Monaco. And now we are going to move on to Morocco. I'm not going to lie. When I was a child, definitely didn't know the difference between Monaco and Morocco. 
And sometimes to this day, I still don't always. No, I do. I know where Morocco is. I know where Monaco is. But like, for example, Morocco is a North African country. And it's literally just south of Spain. Um, But for me, I always thought Casablanca was in Monaco. But it's not. It's in Morocco. Just like, seriously, learning. I knew that it was in one of those two. And so realizing yesterday that it was in Morocco when I was preparing this, I was in shock. Um, I don't know why. I just always thought that Casablanca, like the movie, took place in Europe. And it didn't. It took place, I mean, it's named after Casablanca in Morocco. Um, So Morocco is another unitary monarchy, which means that their king, uh, who is Mohammed VI, has an active role in the governing. Um, Morocco is really interesting as a country in general, but also like as a monarchy because there are pieces of it that are very similar to like a European monarchy because I think because of their proximity to Spain and Portugal and the Iberian Peninsula um, and the education of Mohammed VI, like he was educated in, um, in Europe primarily. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. But then it also has these clashes of like um, Islamic influence because Morocco is an Islamic country like the majority of people in um, Morocco are Muslim and it's just like this really interesting contradiction Um, so there is like personality personality traits of Muhammad that you seem to find in a lot more of the Middle Eastern monarchies in terms of um, money and spending and things along those lines that don't happen in every, they happen in some, but they don't happen in a lot of the European monarchies. Um, But then you also have these big state visits and like, uh, it's a hereditary monarchy. And so Muhammad's children are extremely active, um, even though they're fairly young. they're extremely active in the royal family and, like, are taking on official duties. Um, it's just this really interesting dynamic that, I don't know, it's just kind of, I find it fascinating. So that is the five countries that we are going over today. Um, tomorrow we'll do, um, Oman, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, Tongo in the UAE, and then on Sunday, uh, for the episode that comes out on Monday, we will do the Vatican, um, as well as any Easter traditions or any Easter slash weekend events. Monday's episode is just going to be a hodgepodge. I'll just throw that out there. So that is kind of the game plan going ahead. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I updated all the engagement counts today, both on thedailyroyal.com and the Daily Royal on Instagram. Um, the dailyroyal.com has better information. The Instagram is literally just a picture with just the numbers, no breakdowns or anything like that. Um, and then I think that's all I've done today. Yeah, that you guys get to know about. I've updated some like other things, but... Um, 
most of those will be coming to in the next couple of days. So please go visit thedailyroyal.com, the Daily Royal on Instagram, like and review this podcast wherever you are listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great Friday. Bye.